Wow, that's a nice setup. It almost looks like it's a background. It's so nice. Yeah, I can I can throw a ball back there if you don't believe me. It's uh, it's real. That's <laughs> legit. Well, thanks for being here today. Today we have Austin, and Austin is a professional. Who are you, and what do you do? My name is Austin Hauser, owner and founder of Base Coat Marketing. Your background looks very professional. Looks yeah, like so it. it's my office, man. It looks so nice. Thanks, man. Wow. So you're a marketing company. We bring all of the same services, tools, and reliability of a large brand-focused agency with decades of combined experience. I don't know. Even I don't even know SEO. Who cares? Nobody cares about that stuff. Nope. We're going to talk about something more interesting. What, do, what should we talk about today that's actually useful? So I would like to talk about a topic that really came to a head for me last year. Um, so I'll preface this by saying I'm not a life coach, right? I'm, I'm a husband, a father, and a business owner. Um, and I've gone through some personal hardships over the last year or so that have really opened up my eyes to how prioritizing your life ahead of your business makes you a more productive and professional business owner. Yeah. So let's start with a little bit of background on what led up to this. What's the last year kind of leading into this concept? I've been in the marketing space since about 2008, started up my own agency back then, generalist agency. We worked with anybody, big brands, you know, mom and pop shops. Uh, we started acquiring painting companies over the years by accident. Like it wasn't really something we were targeting. We just identified that we were very good at generating results in that space. 2001, I decided to rebrand, take that part of the team and focus on professional painters. Last year, it was very unprofitable. Like any new business that you rebrand, trying to break into a new market, it's to be expected though, right? Painters are the worst. They're the worst <laughs> to work with. You guys are great. So yeah, last year, beginning of the year, again, just starting up this new business, I had these recurring ear infections. And every single month I would go to the doctor and they would poke and prod and scan me and couldn't figure out what was going on. I ended up doing an MRI on March 28th, 2002, the day of my 34th birthday, I was diagnosed with a 1.5 centimeter brain tumor. That led to some very hard, difficult conversations, as I'm sure you can imagine. Like, you know, are we going to have to sell the house? And um, am I going to come out of the surgery like a vegetable? Am I going to come out at all? You know, these were all very non-zero numbers uh, in addition to the likelihood of hearing loss and uh, facial nerve damage. And, you know, the list goes on. So, after talking this through, and as a husband, father, and business owner, I decided I wasn't going to take that line down. I got into the best physical, mental shape of my entire life last year, leading up to the surgery. On May 24th, I got on an airplane, flew out to San Diego, and underwent a six-hour brain procedure. So I got a fun scar for that. And the surgery went well, you know, came out on the other side with all things considered, a few staples in my head, but okay. Finally walked away a few days later with meningitis and ended up back in the hospital with very difficult situation of being very close to a brain aneurysm for about 48 hours there. So that led to a bunch of other fun complications, right? Uh, blood clots, 24-7 vertigo, I had to learn how to walk again. And this whole time feeling this sense of guilt as a father, husband, business owner, my wife's taking care of the kids. I'm trying to to run a business from bed, it, it was rough. You know, it took a toll and a, a good six months of grueling recovery, being scanned and, um, you know, talking to therapists, being in a fit physical therapy almost 24 seven. So I'm telling you this background because last year I started out the year looking pretty up, had a pretty set path defined as to what I was going to do and how I was going to do it. Life really throws curveballs at you. And the best way I can summarize those life events, you know, how you can get through some of the toughest times of your life, or if everything is going fine and dandy, how you can maybe improve that is by prioritizing your life. Last year, during this whole 
experience, I got a roadmap from a guy named Chris Martinez. He's a great dude. He gave me the system. It's called the core four, prioritizing your, your mind, your body, and your relationships first, and your business comes last. What I did was we're all used to the same concept of being a business owner. You, you wake up early, you go to work, you come home, you're tired, you eat fast food while you're out because you don't have time to make yourself you know prep meals for the week. Your family gets the leftovers because you're achy and you're just ready for bed. Uh, you see your friends every other weekend because you're too busy working. You're focusing on your business first. So that's like the, the, the last thing you should be focusing on. So flipping that over, what I've decided to do is every single morning I wake up at 4.35 in the morning, I do a workout, get your heart rate up. doesn't matter if it's 15 minutes, an hour, you get your heart rate up and you sweat. I meditate for 30 minutes a day. And then I make plans to prioritize my relationships, whether it be with the family, friends, meetings with people that I haven't seen in a while. And then the business comes last. That mindset shift has absolutely changed my life. And I think it can work with anybody. I know that was a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it's good. That's quite a backstory. Congrats on coming out to the other side. Congratulations also on the mindset of how you approach that. I think that was very mature, well thought through. What are some of the, you said scheduling meetings, right? That's one way you help prioritize relationships. What are some other structural guardrails or boundaries you put in place to help ensure that you're prioritizing what's important to you? Scheduling, blocking off your time. It's super easy to leave your calendar open. As I'm sure you can imagine, people will fill it up with whatever time you give them. What you have to do is prioritize your time and make sure that your calendar is allowing time for your family and friends. 5 p.m. comes around, I go down and eat dinner, and then the rest of the day is my family time. First thing in the morning, I kiss my boys before they go to school. That's my time. First thing in the morning, especially, I use the screen time on my phone. Nobody can call, text, or email me. I can't look at my emails for the first two hours of each day. That's my time. For those who are looking to implement or follow along, that's a setting on your phone or is that an app you've added? What does that it's look a like? setting on the iPhone. I'm, I imagine Android has the same thing. It gives you that guardrail, as, as you said, to, to prevent yourself from opening up social media or jumping in your email first thing. Because those, those things before you've gotten your heart rate up, before you've eaten breakfast, mm. that can set the tone for the entire day. I start off the day at, very, at a very low point. After you work out, you have that the endorphins going and you shut your brain down during meditation. And that's just to lower your inhibition for the entire day. If you start off low, you can go high, but you're never going to peak. Then if you run into bad news first thing in the morning, you already have the, the positive mindset for the whole day. That's really interesting to think about the framing of the entire day being established in that first hour, two hours of the morning and how that impacts everything else. So you're saying that specific order has a benefit to it as well. I've noticed that and that's been a big change. I used to try to squeeze in a workout midday or in the afternoon after work. And it's, it's never predictable. You can never guarantee that you're not going to have a bad day at work or you have to answer some emails at the end of the day. So starting out the day on your time, on your watch, and then letting everything else fill in after that, that's the most predictable way to do it. And the, the best way that I have found to recover or you know plan your life out accordingly. So really this started because of a end of life scenario smacked you in the face with reality that life could end as you know it. Do you think it's practical or realistic for people to make these changes, make this shift, make this paradigm decision without that? Do you think you would have? I So this is always something I had in my mind, but I never understood the purpose of meditation and how powerful it is. So I understood the purpose of working out and exercising. It's something I did in my entire life. Not to your extent, Jason, I don't I don't run a hundred miles. I do get my heart rate up a couple times a week and uh, I thought that was pretty good. It's the prioritizing your mind, your body and your relationships first, making 
taking time for family and friends, getting your heart rate up, sweating, and then your mind is something that you typically leave on the table. People think that talking to a therapist is treating your mind right. And sure, it can be. I found, especially as a business owner that runs in a very high octane industry, painting, marketing, it's it can take a toll mentally. There's stress, there's accountability that needs to be put in place. You're running a team. Starting each day on the right, the right foot with the right mindset is so powerful. If I could start over, going back a few years, I would have done this a while ago. The life-changing event was something that I think pushed me into this. I wouldn't change it for the world. It's interesting as you're, as you're saying that, I think most people understand both physical training and physical recovery. Those are not foreign concepts. If you want to run a good paced marathon, it's going to take a lot of training. If you've just run a hard paced marathon, it's going to take a lot of recovery. Like those are concepts that people understand. I feel like we oftentimes miss that when it comes to the mental side of things. If you want to engage in something that's going to be very mentally taxing, high level of mental endurance, high cognitive load, it takes training. You said being in a high octane world of a painting industry, running your own business, being in marketing to perform very well, you would intuitively think it's going to take training to do something physically, but mentally it doesn't always cross over. You think of shutting down your brain for five minutes and listening to an app or something. It t- it's hard. It's a lot harder than you anticipate to shut off your brain and tune stuff out and not think about what you need to do for the day or what you need to do in five minutes or 10 minutes from then. It's challenging. I try to meditate for 15 to 20 minutes a day. And that took time to get to that point. I started out doing two or three minutes, build up to five to 10. It's life-changing. And I think that's the big component that a lot of business owners, humans, whatever you want to call them, are, mi- are missing out on. When you say meditation, so different words mean different things to different people. What does meditation mean to you? Is that something where you're focusing on a concept or there's a, a path you're following? Or is that more an open-ended explore where your mind goes? What does meditation look like for you? There's a few different ways to frame that. Some people pray. I, I like to just shut my brain down. My brain's going all the time, 24-7. You know, whether you're dreaming at night or you're awake thinking about what emails you need to send out. I found it challenging to get to a point where you think of nothing. The only thing you're focusing on is your breath and that present moment, being self-aware. You get to that point where you understand and you can evaluate a tough situation when you're in it and not react, but evaluate. And I think that's really what meditation has gave to me. Okay. So you're seeing a specific benefit of being present and mindful, and that is allowing you to not react as strongly. I feel like you're more in control of your reactions. Correct. So when the house is on fire, instead of yelling and screaming, you, you have a plan in place in your mind. You can slow things down a little bit. As a business owner, that is just a game changer. Just as a capitalistic society, we're all focused on delivering results to our clients and running a successful business. And we we forget to prioritize what's most important. That's your health, your mind, and your, your family and relationships. Turning that around and putting those as your priority, the business just falls into place. It's, it's almost like it's effortless at that point. Why do you think that is? I feel like you ask most people what their top priorities are. They would list those things that you listed. But then when you audit the actions, it would not show that. It would show capitalistic drive. Why do you think there's that dissonance between stated values and actions. Our society is just driving you to produce results, get more money in your bank account. It's hard to shift that focus and be present with yourself and be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us go into each day thinking that we're going to do right by ourselves and our family and our friends without actually evaluating and determining was what we did that day good? Did we actually produce results that should be proud of? That's a lot easier said than done. Do you think it requires reflection and and intentionality? Or do you think it's something that people can achieve knowing 
knowing what they want and just doing it. I don't think it's accidental. It's something that I was kind of forced into it last year. Like I said, that's a life event. I wouldn't change anything. That sucked. I wouldn't recommend going through it. It set me on a better path in terms of being self-aware, honest, and uh, accountable. And yeah, I think that it's something that anybody can do. I don't care if you're overweight or you're financially insecure. You have to prioritize your health, your mind, your family. Everything else just, like I said, it falls into place. It just makes life so much easier. If you start from the bottom and work your way up, your family, your friends, your mind, your body, it's all going to come last. And that's, I think, in part why we have such a disconnect in terms of, you know, having Americans not have the right mindset. It's just a healthier, happier way to live. Is it ever frustrating when you think of, I spent so much time today either reflecting or preflecting or meditating. I could have been productive during that time. That's a half hour that didn't get tasks done. If I didn't have to do that, you look at the cumulative ad over an entire week, you know, those are several appointments that generate real metrics and real results. Is it ever frustrating to you when you say, gosh, it's if only I could just do the things I wanted to do, I, I could be that much more productive. Absolutely. And you know, I'm not going to say I'm perfect by any means, right? Like there's always days where I wake up and I'm like, you know what, instead of working out this morning, I'm going to jump into work and we'll get to it tomorrow. And that's okay. Who's going to carry the boats and the logs? You know, you have to be okay with the fact that you're never going to be perfect or else you're going to just crush. Like that, that pressure will crush you eventually. I, I've suffered with perfectionism my entire life and backing away from that's challenging. But no, I, I really think it's something that you just have to focus on and, and have intentionality behind it. But it's very much worth it. Is there a reason why you're so passionate about the marketing of painting contractors as opposed to the one that has your last name on it, which is Hauser Media? It's a scalable business. You can implement processes and you know what results or what, what services and what processes produce results. When you're dealing with a generalist agency like that, each client's different, their needs are different, takes longer to get them results, the ramp up time's different for everybody. The process-oriented nature of running a business that's scalable is much yep. more my my speed. It's much more exciting. So when I said painters are the worst, that's actually not true for you. I think painters are the best. You like painters. They're pretty great. Most people, I feel like rightfully should hate painters because they're the worst to work with. Stereotypically. Now, I think that is changing and that's what we're trying to do on whatever this show is, podcasting. I don't know what it is. Nobody knows what it is. You just signed up for a link not knowing what was going to happen. So that was pretty brave. Yeah. Thanks for having me here, man. This has been great. Uh, but I'm mostly just doing it to have fun. I don't care if people subscribe. I don't care if people like it or not. I'm going to keep doing it. You got to love the journey more than destination. Well, thanks, Austin, for being on the, the show. Painting is an industry that historically is not very professional and you are bringing a lot of professionalism into this industry. Thank you for that. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Jason. All right, and outro, click. But if you do get brain cancer, there's a good chance that you shake things up and, or not. It's actually, there's probably two paths in front of you. Alcoholism, despair or, or dysfunction or not dealing with things. And then there's the path of dealing with things and it ends up being quote unquote beneficial to your life. Yeah, man. It's one of those things that I've never thought I'd have hard conversations like that. And yeah. um, trying to explain to your kids too, that like, Hey, I'm going to go away a little bit. We're not sure I'm going to come back. That was tough. The mindset shift that I had gone through over the last six to 12 months is something that if I could just yell from the mountaintop, everybody needs to do this. It, it could just change the entire world, this industry, so many people's lives. I'm glad I was able to talk to you about this because I actually wanted to get some insight from you as well. How do you prepare to run 100 miles? You start putting yourself in situations that suck, you'll find yourself. One mile at a time.